Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Open your Bibles to Luke, the first chapter. Luke's Gospel, I only have, you know, every time I stand on the pulpit and say, open your Bibles, I, I, I know I only have just a few moments. I'm just like you. Um, I just don't like to hear someone just rattle on for the sake of rattling on. And I think most preachers have a fault that is they love to hear themselves. And so I'm here just to try to give you as much as I can with the few moments we have of the life of God's Word and His Spirit. Amen. And uh, so this morning, I titled this message, The Fruit of Faithfulness and Timing is Everything. How many believe that timing is everything and when it even comes to your life? Amen. It really is. Timing, how many have, uh, can agree that uh, your timing's been off when you should have not said something, but you said it anyway? Your timing is off when you should have said something and you didn't say it. Uh, the timing's off when you, when you got, came to the office and somebody else got the sales pitch that you've been making because you were just late. I mean, timing is everything. And um, uh, so we're going to talk about the fruit of faithfulness today in the sense of what God's people did in the Bible uh, and how long they endured to see the manifestation of what God had promised. We live in a world of instant gratification. We have instant coffee, instant potatoes. We, you know, we got a lot of instant things. We have instant credit. And so, you know, we have access to these things. And, uh, but when it comes to the spiritual life of every believer, uh, usually there's nothing, there's nothing about your walk with God that is instant. That's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Did you hear me? The just or the upright shall live by faith. Amen. For faith is the things, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six that faith pleases God. In Luke, the, uh, turn if you would to Luke, the second chapter. We're going to begin there this morning. Luke, the second chapter. And as I began last week, I said, there's so many facets to redemption. There were so many facets that were involved when all the culmination of the Messianic prophecies, uh, all of them came to pass in just a few days. I mean, so many supernatural events were taking place. And um, uh, we shared a couple of those last week. And we'll just rehearse a little bit uh, as, um, uh, to, to start today. But let's read verse 22. When the, uh, verse 21. When eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. The word Jesus means Jehovah saved, which was so named of the angel before uh, uh, he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they, that's Mary and Joseph, they brought Jesus to present, they brought him to Jerusalem into the temple to present him, or the Bible says in one other translation, to dedicate him uh, to the Lord. Hallelujah. The greatest event in human history, listen, was this event. The, the, finally, the fullness of the manifestation of God incarnate in flesh, the second person of the Godhead uh, coming to earth to, uh, to ransom our lives, to pay for our sins. How many are grateful that you're going to heaven? Raise your hand if you're going to heaven. And you know, you had nothing to do with it. Jesus had everything to do with it. Yeah, you, you, were, you had, God gave you the measure of faith to receive that gift, but God did it all. And if you believe it, say, everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And so, of course, for all this to happen, listen, God needed a human vessel, or in fact, 
uh, human vessels all the way through the Old Testament and New Testament for him to uh, complete this mission. Last Sunday, we discovered that God looks for certain uh, virtues in people when he chooses them. And I'll give you an example last week. He chose Abraham because Abraham was a man of great faith. He chose Moses because the Bible says he was the most meekest man in the earth. He chose Joshua because he was not only a man of subservience, he was a man of courage. He, and he chose, um, and he chose um, Gideon because he was a mighty man of valor. Out of the seven sons of Jesse, God chose David. Why? Because David had some divine virtues his brothers didn't have. And one of those is found in Acts 13, 22. This was God speaking. He says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. I want you to get that. I am a man after God's heart. How many want to be a man after God's heart? I mean, you, come on, come on, wake up, guys. How many want to be, you want to be men after the heart of God? You want that in your life more than anything, praise the Lord. Uh, why? Because God requires it if he's going to use you uh, and bless your life as he has wanted to since the day you were born. So there, were, there was one thing required of everyone that God chose to use throughout the Bible, even up to this present. And that thing is called spiritual preparation. And I was, again, I, I'm always surprised, pleasantly surprised, that pre my precious wife never knows what I'm preaching on. Uh, I, I just don't tell her. And uh, she, the first thing out of her mouth at prayer this morning is she said, God wants us to be spiritually prepared. That was the first thing you said. I thought, that's amazing how you just so follow my spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but uh, that's the way it should be. I, I, I said, that's the way it should be. Isn't that something that when you become one as a married couple, God wants to develop those things in your lives? Do you know why? It'll keep each of you out of trouble. Amen. There is a reason that Adam and Eve were naked. We always think about nakedness. It means they didn't have any clothes on. No, they had clothes on. The clothes they had on was the glory of God. They were clothed with God's glory, okay? That's what they were clothed with. But uh, so uh, when they transgressed, their nakedness or the shame of their transgression was revealed or exposed. And so they tried to, of course, cover that up with natural means, and it didn't work. But what does that mean? In marriage, you should be very naked in front of one another. What does that mean? You're so transparent, so transparent that each one of you know each other inside and out. Amen. Wow. I wonder where I can go else preach this morning. Where else can I go? You, God wants you to be so transparent with one another so that you never, there's not, never any distrust. You never have to freak out. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to operate in fear, wondering what the one is doing, the other is doing. Hey, when you're both walking with God, all is well in Jesus' precious name. Uh, amen. We've been together for 51 years. Um, uh, uh, and to the point where when I'm being, when God is ministering to me about a message, he's ministering to her certain things of the same thing. Isn't that amazing? Because that's how God wants you to be. God wants you to be one, as one as you can be uh, in, uh, uh, as, a, as two different individuals. Amen. Now listen, spiritual preparation. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, to everything, I want you to stop and think about this, to everything, there is a season. I mean, if you're going through a hard and difficult time right now, just thank God it's a season because seasons change in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, this first snow, it brought such a, inside of me, just an appreciation for spring. 
So, so spring is coming. Spring is coming. Hallelujah. Come on. I said spring is coming. Amen. And I just uh, pray to God, this will be just one of the few we have. Hallelujah. Of snow. But we're grateful for the moisture. Can I have an amen? To everything, there's a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. For Abraham, listen to me. His, his season of spiritual preparation lasted 25 years. For Moses, it lasted 40 years. Amen. For uh, Caleb and Joshua, it lasted um, uh, 40 years. For uh, David and, uh, and um, uh, Joseph, it was 13 years of spiritual preparation. Uh, how many would like to learn fast so your preparation not to be so long? Amen. To learn quick. To catch things quick, that what God is saying. I'm serious about that. There's people that God, we've watched people through the years grow faster spiritually than others, than others. And that's what God, God wants, God wants you to grow up into the Lord Jesus Christ at least as fast as you can. But even in that, even growing up, that, you know what that means? What's the difference between immaturity and maturity? Maturity, spiritual maturity is simply the fact that you come to a place in your life where you're accepting the responsibility to do what God tells you to do. To live how God wants you to live. To be what God wants you to be. Amen. It sure would help if every time I say something, you say amen. amen. Because, see, I want you to get everything that God has for you today. God wants you to be spiritually prepared for everything about your lives. So, anyway, in, in the end, every one of these people that I just named, every one of them found themselves at the right place at the right time where God was fulfilling his will and blessing their lives. You want your life blessed from God? Say amen. amen. I do also. Last week, we'll be real quick with this. Last week, we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth, and you mentioned them this morning, how that, you know, God had a prophetic plan for their lives. What does that mean? Uh, before uh, the, uh, um, Elizabeth and Zechariah had served God their entire lives, listen, listen, uh, with uh, going, being faithful to God their entire lives with an unanswered prayer. And that unanswered prayer was they wanted a child. In Jewish, in Jewish culture, uh, for a woman not to have a child, it's, it's shame. But to have a boy child is even greater honor. And so they believe in God, and it completely, no, no, it was like deafening ears. Nothing happened. And they were literally in the latter part of their lives, they, because they had stayed faithful to God, devoted to his word, uh, serving in his temple, uh, and remained in harmony with what God was doing in their lives, uh, it was never too late. There came a point where God blessed Elizabeth, hallelujah, and she ended up having a child. It wasn't just an ordinary child. In fact, Jesus said of this child, John the Baptist, he really was, I've got to say this because people think, John was not a Baptist. Some people are so proud because they're Baptists. The word, John, the, the word Baptist means he, was a, he, he baptized people. That was his ministry. He preached repentance, and by baptism, people, they were, they were, he was preparing them for the coming Messiah, by the way, who was already in the earth. And Jesus, by the way, was six months younger than John. Okay, so a supernatural a blessing of God because they, st they stuck with God and prepared themselves spiritually through that whole time of life. And they say they could have been, in, uh, Elizabeth uh, and, and um, um, Zechariah were probably in their 80s or 90s. And then you have, then we looked at um, uh, a precious couple by the name of Joachim and Anne. Joachim and Anne are not in the Bible. They're not in the, they're not in the, um, 
the 66 canonized books that we read, but they are written in history, and they were actually the parents of Mary. Wouldn't it be nice to know about the parents of Mary? Now, history has it recorded. I'm talking about biblical historians who've studied all uh, the books that were written during that time. They said that both um, uh, Joachim and Anna were spent their whole lives believing God for a child as well, and because. Uh, Anne was the sister. The Bible says that, that uh, Mary was the cousin of Elizabeth, but that's a wrong translation. That word cousin in the Greek simply means a, a relative. And Anne and Elizabeth were sisters. And they, neither of them could have children, so it could have been in their genetics. And so both of them had spent their entire lives believing God for a child. And history says that um, they spent... Uh, Anne and her husband Joachim had spent their entire lives believing God for a child and praised one day the miracle happened and God blessed them because they made the same uh, prayer. Historians say that she prayed the same prayer that Hannah did in the book of 1 Samuel when Hannah was, could not get pregnant. She was barren. And she cried out to God and said, God, if you give me a man child, I'll commit his life to you. He will serve you all the days of his life in the temple. And guess what? She gave birth to uh, Samuel, who became Israel's greatest prophet. Hallelujah. See, you never know what your children are going to do in life. But if you serve God, they will fulfill their divine destiny. Amen. So anyway, um, so they had a little girl, and the little girl's name happened to be Mary. So they had been spending all those years being spiritually prepared to give birth to the woman who would carry the man-child Jesus. And so then I thought, isn't that interesting how what responsibility they had to raise up that little girl and let her know that she had, God had a special plan. Just like you tell your kids that. God has a special, it doesn't mean, you know, we already got one Jesus, we don't need another. But God has a special plan in their lives, hallelujah. He, God is going to bless their lives. He's got a special plan. I don't care if it's be an uh, awesome uh, a mother or, or, or a wife to their husbands or or. or, or, or um, um, Wives to your sons, God has a plan for their lives, and it's a good plan. Can I have an amen? You need to encourage them in that. Uh, so anyway, uh, wow. So as Mary is being spiritually prepared, listen to me. Mary was being spiritually prepared for the greatest event that she would experience in life, and that is to give birth to Jesus. And you know, it was a virgin birth, okay? We can talk about that later, why the virgin birth. Very important. But um, so she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit, um, uh, of God to give birth to the Son of God so that God could reincarnate, be reincarnation, be brought into our world, into an earth suit, so he could give his life a ransom for all humanity, which he succeeded. But when the angel came and gave her that message, you know what came out of, you know what came out of Mary? She said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to that word. She didn't even hesitate, which means what? Obviously, Joachim and Anne succeeded in bringing her up to trust God with her whole life and her future because, man, she didn't hesitate. She just received that message by faith. She said, hey, God, whatever you have for me, I will accept it into my life. And she did. Praise the Lord. And um, I thought that phrase, be it unto me according to thy word, when I thought about that, I thought, just think if this was where we chose to live, listen, as slave servants of Christ. And I said this is the first service, so relax, but listen, listen, you're, in your life, you're either going to be a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. What do you want to be? 
See, we always talk about slavery, especially when it comes to the race issue, about slavery. But, um, uh, but man has always been enslaved. Always. Always. Now, Jesus said, and uh, Paul said it, in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's the ninth chapter, and he said this, that you've been bought with a price. If someone owns you, what does that make you? Come on, relax, say it. Amen. It makes you a slave. So none of us, you know, none of us are free in the sense that we want our freedom to do whatever we want. No, we want our freedom to please and honor the living God. Can I have an amen? So you can be enslaved to sin and death, or you can be enslaved to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Now, I'm Norwegian, but I got, I'm bright enough to choose that one right. Hallelujah. Come on, everyone. God wants you free, but to be free, you have to be committed to him and, and to his word. Amen. But what if, what if this is where we chose to live? Guess what? We would overcome all relational warfare. The spirit of divorce would be destroyed. The spirit of dissension would be diffused. And the spirit of envy, jealousy, contention, strife, and offense would die on the vine if we would just live. Lord, be it unto me according to your will. I'm your bond slave, Lord. I'm your bond servant. Whatever you want in my life, I will obey. That's true freedom. I said that's true freedom. Can you imagine how the world would be if everyone chose that? It would be glorious. Let's go on. All right, back to, um, I got a, no time. Okay, I got 15 minutes, praise God. How many give me five minutes? Raise your hand if you give me five minutes. Okay, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Uh, no, just stupid, stupid joke. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to dedicate him, or, uh, or, or the King James says present him. Uh, other places dedicated him to the Lord. That's what we do here at Faith Family Church. We dedicate babies to the Lord. But more importantly, we dedicate their parents, okay? And now verse 23, as it is written in the law of, of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. When I read that, the word male just jumped out at me. And I thought, okay, every, why not every female? Well, there was a reason why he said every male that opens the womb shall be called holy. First of, all, the word, first of all, the word holy means consecrated. Now listen, guys. Listen to me very carefully. I'm old, but I'm not dead. What does that mean? All the central temptations of life that you go through as an old, you'll have those the rest of your life because of Adam's, we carry Adam's nature. Okay, so we carry those things, those temptations. We carry those passions within us. They're just part of this Adamic nature. Okay, now they—I don't know if this is true. I—they—it's I, I, been said that 67 percent of Christian men, not not ungodly Christian men, are bound by pornography. Stop and think about that. So you, so how in the world could we expect? For God to use us and to work through us, if we're compromising our lives for that, we're not holy, we're unholy. Holiness is not, again, some what you wear, how you wear your hair, not cut your hair or whatever. No, no, holiness is from the inside. It's you having a desire inside that your greatest desire in life is to honor God. Is to please him, is to bless him, is to glorify him in your life. And you can't, man, you cannot glorify God if you're compromising your moral convictions. 
all you'll do is become a slimy creep. I mean, it's a problem. I don't know if it's a problem in this church. I don't. It's not a problem here. And not because I'm, I'm 71. That's not because of that. It's because I, I've chosen to develop uh, the spiritual character of God in my life so that I don't have to become, I don't have to be on the front pages of the news uh, at the latter part of my life uh, that some preacher fell because he made the wrong choices morally. I don't want that. Not after all these years of fighting the good fight of faith. Why should I fail in the last mile of my race? I don't want that. The Passion Bible says this. Every firstborn male, not female, every firstborn male shall be set apart for God. What God was saying there, he was making it very clear, listen, who he called to take the lead in practicing and promoting the presence and power of God in the earth. As men, we, not the women, are commissioned by God, listen, to be spiritual leaders, the leaders. In exemplifying our love for God, our faith in God, our worship and devotion to God, and our allegiance to his will. First and foremost, within the four walls of our home, and then in our church, in our community, in our workplace. I mean, I'll say this, and I say it with all honesty, because it really is true. This ministry, 90% of this ministry is my precious wife. Just the the anointing on her life and the creativity. I don't know, I don't say that insecurely, but yet I don't want to say irresponsibly either. Okay, but that, that is where the gift, remember, remember what the Lord, and again, I, I, I you know, hope to God, this isn't true in my case, but God, when he gave the talents, remember he gave one, how many talents? Three talents, he gave another two talents, they gave another one talent, okay? And so, so um, I mean, I, I recognize it, not with, I don't recognize it with intimidation or with insecurity, but I recognize that she's got more gifts, things in her life than I have. But thank God, together, the fullness of God wants to do comes out into the ministry. Can I have an amen? amen. Whether it's my 10% or her 90 or my 30 and her 70 or whatever, whatever. It, it's just, I just want you to know, praise God, everybody, everyone in this room has got giftings from God to, to, to uh, glorify him and honor him in your life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So if we will accept our responsibilities, our spiritual responsibilities, we'll find this to be true. We'll be at the right place at the right time reaping God's best in 2022. Hallelujah. That's what God wants for you. He wants his best in your life. If you believe it, say amen to that. Amen. Let's go on here. Verse 25. Now, as they came to the temple, that's, that's uh, Moses and, uh, excuse me, it's Moses. That's, this ain't easy. It's, it's just hard up here. And, <laughs> As Joseph and Mary came to the temple, the Bible says, to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was waiting there. Say waiting. He was a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And he was a very good man. This is the Passion Bible. He was a lover of God who kept himself pure. See, there's that key. He kept himself pure. Now you think, oh, yeah, but that and that in those days. No, no, the culture in that day was just as bad or even worse than today. I mean, the, the immorality and the darkness, uh, you know, uh, was, was, 
was just as bad or worse than that day. So we don't want to use that excuse because it's not true. He says, he kept himself pure. Now watch this. And the spirit, watch this, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Now that doesn't mean a, a spirit of holiness, the spirit of holiness. The Holy Spirit was resting upon him. Do you, do you remember, I'm not just trying to be political correct or biblical correct, but remember what Jesus said to the disciples? The Holy Spirit is with you, but shall be in you. And so even in this case, he had developed such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, praise God, that the, uh, through his life of consecration or purity, making the right choices, not going the wrong places, not looking at the wrong things, and because of that, the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Meaning what? He could, I mean, the Holy Ghost had his attention. Why? So that he could be at the right place at the right time. I'm just telling you, how many want to be at the right place at the right time in their life? No matter what, you know, what it is, whatever it is uh, that God has for you. Of course we do. So the Bible says, Simeon believed in the imminent hearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. That's Jesus. Now watch this, verse 26. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him. Guys, this is so cool because I'm telling you, man, and I said this in the early service, that in the last year I have developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit that I, I hear him nearly every day of, of my life. I, he, he speaks to me. I, 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 I tell you, there's, uh, there's an enemy here that was so special that he's, he's, he's helping me. The one thing we get to our age, there's one thing, and I and I'm, thank God for the Holy Ghost, there's one thing that's frustrating is when you start to forget things. Now, the curse, the curse is all around my family of dementia and Alzheimer's. It's all around my family, but praise God, it's not entering this family in Jesus' name. Amen. You have to take authority. Otherwise, you'll just accept anything that comes your way. Yeah, my dad had, my dad had cancer. I suppose I'll have cancer. My, my mom had rheumatoid arthritis. I suppose I'll oh, No, no, no. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All things become new. Hallelujah. you got to embrace what the Word of God says about you. But I, you know, we, I, we recognize both of us. You know, oh, yeah, but what, what's her name? Da, 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 da. You know, and you're trying to think. And so I just start, uh, the Lord reminded me that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the, I believe, second chapter, look it up yourself, it says that we have the mind of Christ. And the, Holy Spirit, uh, the Lord said to me one day, uh, the mind of Christ is the Holy Spirit. And I thought, wow, no wonder we need to develop a relationship with him. Amen. And I said, thank you, Lord. I'm secure in that. I'll take that. Praise the Lord. But there's nothing like the Holy Spirit. He's precious, he's gentle, he's kind, he's funny. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, it's a special thing when you develop a relationship with him. Hallelujah. And he'll help you each and every day. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Now watch this, verse 27. Keeping his promise. Whose promise? It was Simeon's. It was Simeon's. Simeon was believing God to see the coming Messiah before he died. And so the Bible says that keeping his promise, the Holy Spirit led Simeon before, uh, 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 led Simeon, um, uh, forgive me, for the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one. Keeping his promise, the Holy Spirit led Simeon. Did you catch that? 
Question. Question. If Simeon would have not been familiar with the voice of the Spirit, would the Spirit be able to lead him? No, not at all. And I guarantee you, it's happened in my life. It's happened in my wife's life. It's happened in my children's life. Well, you know inside you get an unction. You need to go this way. You need to go over here. You need to do this. And you disobey. And you knew you're, you missed God. You kids in school, develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And then when you read, guess what he'll do? He will, he will implant that information in your heart not your head, so that when you're taking a test, all of a sudden out of your spirit will come the very information that you studied, and you know it didn't come from your head, it came from your spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Wish I'd have known that in school. See, for some of you, you think I'm far-fetched, but I'm not. The Bible says that God, Romans, the eighth chapter, God sent, listen, his spirit into your hearts, crying what? Abba, Father. That word Abba, Father means daddy. He, the spirit of God, sent his spirit into your heart to confirm that you are a child of God. And that the spirit of God wants to be involved in your life every day. I mean that, every day. He wants to be involved, he wants to help you. You know what the Lord said about the Holy Spirit? He will show you things to come. Come on, everyone. Amen. Don't listen to the fake news when you got the good news. Amen. Praise the Lord. Keeping his promise, the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple at the very moment, at the very moment, at the very moment Jesus' parents arrived. Now listen, this man, historians say, This man was between his 80s and 100 years old, more likely close to 100. So he spent just the first 100 years of his life believing God that he would see the arrival of the king. How many believe that Jesus is returning? Of course he's returning. Amen. Now, we're not going to get, we're going to keep busy doing life, obeying God but I'm expecting his return, and guess what? If we just get together at the body of Christ and, and call revelation, Lord, come quickly, praise God, we'd probably see him uh, quicker than we would if we wouldn't say anything because we're so in love with this world. Okay, praise the Lord. I'm get, there's some of these looks I get, I'm, going, I'm so insecure. I'm just, I'm... <laughs> so Simeon spent his entire life. Stop. I didn't say this is the first service, but stop and think about this. He spent 100 years to see the fulfillment of the Messiah. Listen to me. So he spent his entire life for about 10 minutes of inspiration. Why? Because he thought it was that valuable. But what if he'd have woke up that morning... And, of course, you know, he began to think about all these years he's waited and wasted. I can't believe I've been stupid enough to go to the temple every week to pray, to worship, to serve. What an idiot. I can't believe I fell into such stupidity. If he'd have gotten there and lost his courage, got discouraged, 
He might have slept in that day and missed his divine visitation. Are you with me this morning? He could have, but he never lived there. He never went there. Amen. Let's, go, let's close out. We'll close out with this next story real quick. Verse 25. No, no, where am I at? That little, little, little. Verse 29. Verse 27. Forgive me. Keeping his promise, the Holy Spirit leads him, and we read that, to the temple court at the very moment that Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Now watch this. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied. So here you got a man, again, that's developed such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that he was able to speak what the Spirit wanted him to say. Here's what he said. Lord and Master, I'm your loving servant. Did you catch that? I'm your loving servant. I now can die content. For you have fulfilled your promise to me. With my own eyes, I've seen your word. The Savior you sent into the world. You will be glo- you, he will be glory for your people, Israel. I love this part. And the revelation light for all people everywhere. Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck over what was being said about the baby. And Simeon blessed them and prophesied over Mary, saying, A painful sword will one day pierce your inner being. And your child will be rejected by many in Israel, which happened. And the destiny of your child is this. Think about this. They're holding a prescient, precious, innocent, brand new baby in their arms, being dedicated to God, thinking, you know, some great uh, inspiring words. But this was it. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall and resurrect, I'm glad he's continued, and the resurrection of many in Israel. Now, many will oppose this sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. Hallelujah. Just at the right time, just at the right time, and in the right place, God was able to use a person just like you and I to prophesy or to welcome in and prophesy the will of the son of the living God at the right place at the right time. And I think, what do you want in 2022? Do you want the same old, same old? I don't know what's going to happen in 2022. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I know the fear will continue to be propagated about anything and everything. And you better get established in the word of God because the word of God is our only hope. And, and if anything, this last political um, chaos that took place um, in, in our voting, if anything it did, it hopefully shook the body of Christ to get focused back on God and not on any politician. Can I have an amen? Amen. I'm serious about that. You know, I mean, again, just remember this. When Jesus, when Jesus, before he died, his disciples were convinced that he was going to overthrow the Roman government who had been cruelly, I mean, treating the Israelites, cruelly killing uh, Jews. I mean, it was a horrific time in history for the Jews. And they were so excited that finally someone showed up that's going to overcome the Roman government and establish a political system. And that was not why Jesus came. And we're not called to establish a political system. We're called to exalt the name of Jesus Christ and him only. Can I have an amen? 
A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple that day. She was from the tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged woman, now watch this, who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose, she chose, she chose to, to worship God in the temple. How often? How often? Yeah, continually. Amen. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day, prayer and fasting. Now, if you do your math, and this is not evangelistically speaking, if you do your math, she may have, maybe off a year or two, she most likely got married. It was their Jewish tradition to get married at about 14, 15. So let's say she was 15. She was married seven years and her husband died to make sure 22. And then she served God continually for, for how many years? 80, 84 years. So you, so you add all up, add that up. What does that become? 106 years old. 106. And uh, one of the Members said to me earlier, you know, I wonder, Pastor, how many years they lived in those days. You know, because, I mean, it was, it was not easy, you know. And, and not that many years ago, to live to be 60 was, right, it was pretty big. So I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. But let's say the age back then was around 50. Well, she lived 106 years. Now, listen to me. For, so for 106 years, she was believing for a prayer to be answered. 106 years. Now, you would think you'd give up at around the 50th year. Amen. We, uh, we've been saved now for almost 51 years. So I'd have to go a little bit longer to compare myself to her. Uh, but I wanted to encourage you this morning. I just want to encourage you. Brother Hagin told us years ago, he said, if you're willing to wait forever, it won't take so long. Yeah. See, you will never coerce God into anything. You know, with your bawling, your squalling, your boohooing, you know, your critical attitude, you know, you, you, won't, you won't impress God with any of that. You're going to impress God with your faith. God, you said in your word, you'd, you know, I'm a tither. I serve you. I love you. You said in your word, you'd meet my every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So, sir, I just rest in that today and thank you that your word is true. I tell you, he'll send the ravens. It's another story. I'm going to believe that God is faithful. He is. But what he's looking for is your faithfulness. Because there's a dual covenant there. Well, I mean, we, there's a covenant there, you know. Uh, uh, he's expecting you. He's, he's expecting out of you what you're expecting out of him. Isn't that good? So I wanted to show you these things just to let you know that, again, Anna was faithful. She'd have slept in that day. She'd have missed her divine uh, appointment. Amen. She'd have missed her season. And so I believe there's going to be specific seasons coming up in 2022, and God wants you to be so sold out to him. Quit all your goofy stuff. Why? Isn't it amazing how some Christians want to straddle the fence of Christianity? You know, they want to, they want to party, and they want to praise. Oh, let's party. Let's praise. Let's party. And it doesn't work. You know why? Because the party will overcome the praise. It will. So by your head, I want to pray. Musicians, you can come up and thank you. Yes. Now let's pray this morning. I'm going to close with this last verse from Paul. Would you put that up there? The last verse in Galatians? Because I want you to see this verse. This is in Galatians, the sixth chapter. Can you get that up there? Galatians 6. 
Let us, watch this. Let us, say that's me. Let us not lose heart and grow weary. Why did he say that? Paul said that because some were. Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. Keep going. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Did you catch that? So I want to encourage you, every one of you, Whatever you've been facing and dealing with, if, if it's been moral compromise, it's been, I mean, just get on your face and repent before God. And God will grace you. He will strengthen you to conquer these things in your life that are conquering you. I'm serious. God's grace is far stronger than anything that, is, that you're bound to. We've, we've had so many people in this church that have been freed. They've been freed. They've been freed. They've been set free by the power of God's Spirit. Let's stand. We'll pray together. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.